feel like you were born in the wrong era? Do you pine for a time gone by? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Kaya Handley. Welcome to This Retro Life. It's been a very amazing experience going over to Viva Las Vegas and then being crowned dust and rough to my oxygen. Quite a few people say the first time they ever saw television, in fact, was actually at the milk bar. I feel like vintage clothes is really the way to experience the past. We come out a go-go girl gang because we dance, we wear these cute little outfits. So we took off in our newly polished old trailer and along the way we're in two accidents with it. Megan Hilty falls back on the table and sticks her feet up in the air in full 18th century dress. And there's our shoes. Hey! We're off to Western Australia today to meet a pinup that I absolutely love. Love, love, love following on Instagram. Her posts are amazing. And now her vintage-loving husband is getting in on the social media action as well. They are one wonderful vintage-loving couple who have an incredible collection of everything from vintage furniture to fashion and anything you can think of this week. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Miss Lady Lace to the podcast. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to chat with you, Kaya. Now, I want to know if there was someone in your life when you were younger who had a a vintage passion or liked old things that really inspired you. Well, I guess I had my grandparents around. I was very lucky for most of my life. I've had both my grandparents on my dad's side and just my grandma on my mum's side. Mm -hmm. And they've had a big affiliation with the vintage lifestyle that connected me. But As for parents and siblings, I was kind of the odd one in the bunch, strangely enough. And I first discovered vintage actually through Dita Von Tees when I was only 14. So I started dressing vintage and crazy. And I used to have one of those horrid foam rollers and I'd roll my fringe section up in that. And I thought, how cool would it be if you could get your hair to stay like that? (laughs) Not even realizing at the time that that's what a victory roll was. But you can. Yeah, I eventually learned to put some bobby pins in there and I was like, oh, this is a cool style. I guess I'll rock this. It looked awful back then, but it was so much fun. How did you find uh, Miss Dita Von and what was it about her that at 14 you were like, she is a goddess? Yeah, so I I was actually listening to Marilyn Manson, who was married to her at the time. So there were these pictures with him and this beautiful dark mistress. She was so opulent. and I was like, oh, I've got to learn more about her. So I watched some of her performances online and did more research into her look and her style. And I was just captivated with how confident and energetic and just how she could be everything she wanted to be in a non-traditional sense and still be so very beautiful. So that's what I aspire to do one day. In saying that, though, at 14... As young women, we're usually pretty unsure of ourselves. We usually don't want to stand out from the pack. What made you go, nah, stuff it, now's the time? Well, I always loved costuming. I was a big fan of musical theatre and different styles of performance. So I kind of always wanted to be a little bit different. And it started. I started dressing a bit different with a friend where we sort of challenged each other to just have a bit of fun. It was only me who stuck to that side of that, but <laughs> it it made me dress differently and I realized that it wasn't as scary as it I thought made it to be in my head. And I think that's with most thing in, things in life, whether it's performing or modeling or having the courage to do something outside our comfort zone. It's so much easier once we take that first little step. You mentioned the foam roller in the fringe. When you look back at those early looks now, what do you see? Oh, I see development. I think we all start <laughs> That's something. a good word. <laughs> yeah. 
So we all start at that stage, and I have so many people, I teach a lot of classes now, and I'll demonstrate how to do things without even looking in a mirror, and they'll be like, oh, how can you make it look so easy? And the answer is I've been doing it for over 10 years now. Like, I've got a lot of practice behind me, (laughs) a lot of trial and error there. Yeah, absolutely. And did the other kids at 14, were, were they okay with what you were doing? Um, well, I did cop a bit of flack about dressing a bit differently. I became a lot tougher in high school. I started to stand up for myself more and not letting other people's comments hurt me as much. And I think that helped develop me into a more confident person mm. as I am now, which is really good. Yeah, absolutely. But there was definitely no one else like me in high school at that time. Well, that's a good thing. You're memorable. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, at least. (laughs) And so it's not surprising if Dita was, you know, the initial inspiration that you started burlesque pretty early on as well. Yeah, yeah. She's a very inspirational woman and she's had so much to do with the burlesque and pinup community and reviving it and creating it to the point where it is now. Because even for women nowadays, it can be daunting to walk outside dressing vintage because you do get a lot of people looking at you, maybe making comments. More often than not, I think they are positive, but Mm. it does take a lot of courage to do that still, even today. When did you start learning burlesque and taking your vintage love in that direction? Yeah, so I started dancing A bit later in life. I started dancing when I was 14. Most dancers start when they're tiny toddlers and they have that big development through ballet. But I discovered dance much later, just doing it through high school. Mm. And when I found Dita, I started researching burlesque. And I actually was in my first showgirl performance when I was only 16 years old, which was really, really exciting. Such a fabulous opportunity. So it was in a burlesque show, but I... Obviously, the content that we were doing was age-appropriate to my age. But it was an incredible experience to see other people doing this incredible art form and be backstage with all the energy of all the other performers. So I'm truly thankful for having that opportunity. As you were learning these things, as you were learning burlesque, as you were learning a little bit more about vintage styling and pin-up, were you doing a lot of reading and getting quite into a, a bit of the history as well? Yeah, definitely. History is something that really quite interests me. I I still go to libraries today and I'll see what books they have on vintage fashion and different eras. I think there's so much nostalgia and beauty and all these things. There's a lot of hardship when it comes when you start to look at the 1940s and 50s. These people, we often idealize the glamour side, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of hardships and a lot of prejudices that people had to deal with at that time. And I think it's really important to appreciate both pretty side of history but also look at the hard part of the history as well you've been on stage these days for both burlesque and for pin-up do they have different feelings when you're up there performing they do in different ways i guess burlesque you can be really quite expressive you can play with it however you want you can create the craziest thing in your mind and just act that out on stage and have people applaud you but with pin-up i'd say i've done a lot more fashion shows and pinup contests. So I'd say there's a little bit more structure to those, but you can still be so creative and have so much fun with that as well. And burlesque has taken you at least right around the country to different parts of Australia. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney, hopefully going to Brisbane this year would be a dream of mine. And I actually got to go to New Zealand last year for their burlesque festival, which was a huge honour. Do you notice different burlesque styles even just in different states of of our country here in Australia? 
Oh, definitely. Um, I'd say in Perth, we're quite isolated. So we have sort of an industry that started more troop based. And when I went over to Melbourne, I said I was in a troop and they were like, oh, does that mean you only do group performances? While here it's more you're a part of a company or not just doing a whole dance company dance. You create a lot of your own work yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyone who follows you online on Instagram would know that most of your life has something to do with vintage or is old in some way. Do you collect a little bit of everything? Oh, we have collections of everything at our (laughs) house. We have a fully decked out vintage house. It's a a modern house, obviously, but with all the vintage trimmings. So we've got vintage bars. We've got crazy things like a big lolly gumball machine, jukeboxes, cocktailware, anything you can think of we've pretty much got in our house. (laughs) Your hubby is very supportive. Yes, yes. He actually just joined Instagram recently. He's under Mr. Dapper Matt. He loves dressing vintage and I've started taking his daily photos and posting them up for him. And he goes and likes all the other people's photos that he's inspired by as well, which is really cute. He has so much fun. So now you're an Instagram wife. You're you're returning the favor after all these years. Oh, I know. To be honest, I had to um, sub him out as a photographer a while ago. I actually have a, a nice tripod that I put my camera on because... He's not the greatest photographer out there. (laughs) (laughs) So now you'll have to buy a second his and her tripods. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Do you have something in particular now, even with all this fabulous vintage stuff around you, that when you walk into a shop or when you're hunting online, there is something that you always look for top of the list? Probably very cute compacts. I prefer small items now because we do have a lot of our bulk furniture in our house. We can't fit too much more in there. (laughs) Anything dash hound related as well. We have a beautiful little dash hound called Noodle and we just love that breed of dog. So we collect little trinkets of them. Are they hard to find, vintage dash hounds? They're quite common, but you do have to hunt a little bit just because there's a lot of dog statues out there. You've got to specifically find the one you're after. (laughs) When people walk into your house for the first time, what is their reaction? Uh, They're not surprised because we both dress up so much. They come in and they're like, oh, it's exactly how I'd imagine it (laughs) with all our accessories. You're mentioning the Perth burlesque scene. You're mentioning the Perth pin-up scene. How have you been involved in both of these communities over the last few years? When I first started dressing pin-up, I didn't have many pin-up friends at all. I felt very disconnected and the only people I'd met seemed like they had this sort of group that they flowed with and Mm -hmm. I sort of had the aspiration of creating somewhere where we could all come together. So I think it was in 2013 I founded the Perth Pinup Community. We host regular meetups, we take part in charity events, we do lots of just fun things. We mainly meet up and have a chat and usually eat something because who doesn't love food? (laughs) Well, that's it, getting dressed up and going out together. Yeah, so it's a good outlet for us to sort of chat with different people, get their different backstories. And a lot of people who aren't confident enough to dress up all the time come along dressed up and that's a really big step for them in their journey. So it's a really good outlet for so many different people, which has been really beautiful to see. And over the last four or five years, has that community grown? Oh, incredibly. When I first started up, I was sort of really nervous organizing these meetups and hoping that people would come. And we started with a couple members. And now we average between 10 to 40 people coming, depending on what sort of meetup we're doing. We have over 900 members now. We have lots of online discussions, show pictures of one another and sort of just 
inspire one another as much as we can. Does that mean that there's more demand for events as well and perhaps more talk of, you know, pin-up, vintage cars, some of those big events that where it draws everyone in the vintage community, that's going to start happening? Yeah, it's definitely really blown up here. I'd say in the last two to four years, we've seen so many beautiful events pop up and we're seeing so many community events before. So a lot of the local councils are putting on swing events and pin-up parades and different things like that, which is really beautiful to see. Yeah, absolutely. What what do you hope for the future of this, especially as you've been there sort of as it's, as it's developed? Yeah, well, I guess the... Perth as a community, my aspiration ever since I was a teenager was always to help it grow further and create more that we can be involved in in our community. But I guess for me personally, I hope to, I do want to travel a bit, but I'd like to stay in Perth and help it flourish further. I'm really hoping one day to own my own dance studio where we can do photo shoots and fun things like that. At the moment, I do run classes, but they're just out of different dance halls and things. So eventually like a vintage place where everything can happen would be incredible. When we do think vintage scene in in Australia, we probably think, you know, Melbourne or Brisbane. What do you have to say to people who are planning a trip from anywhere in the world or around the country? Why should they come to Perth to experience a bit of vintage? I think we have a really beautiful community here, one that's really accepting and we have some truly unique events with our car shows and pin-up parades. I think Perth has quite a lot to offer on the vintage scene and I think a lot of people who come here are very pleasantly surprised with that and i definitely give Perth a go because we have a lot on. Yeah, it's getting super groovy, some great cafes, bars, uh, remote WA is an incredible part of the world to see incredible countryside. Get yourself to Perth. Miss Lady Lace, it's been so great to chat with you as part of the podcast. I absolutely love everything that you post online. I've been a uh, fan for a long, long time. So thank you so much for speaking with me on the the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Kaya. It's been lovely chatting to you too. That's it for this episode of This Retro Life. You can find us on Wooshka, iTunes and Stitcher where you can subscribe and of course rate and review us so it's easier for other guys and gals to find this podcast. To get more information on today's guest, head to our website thisretrolife.com or search This Retro Life on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We have some photos and videos and behind the scenes and a whole heap more retro fun so do come and check us out. As always, if you're a vintage guy or gal from any era and into anything from cars to collectibles, we'd love to hear from you. Go to thisretrolife.com and drop us a line. Until next time, I'm Kai Handley. Thanks for listening to This Retro Life.